Well, good morning. It's so great to be back here with all of you, even if all of you is not a whole bunch. Um, but we're also really excited for everyone joining us online. Um, this is great. We've just, we've, yeah, we've been waiting for this, and um, we're happy to be back together no matter what that looks like. Um, so if you would join us in worship, you can stand with us and sing.
You may be seated. stream. Uh, welcome to our Sunday morning worship service, and uh, we just trust that uh, this will be a great pattern for us to more fully serve you, our congregation. That's why we're doing it. Uh, we want to serve our congregation. Um, I think snow days are going to be a thing of the past, because if we could get a couple of people up here to lead singing and the pastor can come and preach, uh, we'll live stream church, even when it's 20 inches of snow on the ground. Uh, so uh, we're moving forward, and it's wonderful how God has given us his grace uh, to uh, take the initiative to move forward uh, and to do things that we've wanted to do in the past. It's always been our intention to try to do this. Now we've had the motivation to do it, and our volunteers have stepped up to make it happen. We don't want to mention anybody by name necessarily. We forget somebody, and they don't want recognition for it. They just want to serve, serve the Lord, and that's all we all want as well. So, again, welcome to our first live stream. And uh, those of you who are here, welcome back to our in-person. Thank you for being considerate of one another and practicing our social distancing. Our leaders have very uh, wisely um, partitioned off some of our chairs, and uh, we're just grateful for the spirit that we are all experiencing today of being together and rejoicing in the Lord. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. And uh, I just thought, I want to pray through Psalm 23. Um, God has been faithful in shepherding us. And uh, let's pray these verses back to him and thank him for the way that he has guided and provided for each and every one of us. Let's join together in prayer. Lord, we bow before you in awe of you. And as we just sung, Lord, we want you to show us your glory. You have demonstrated over and over and over again your loving care for us as our shepherd. And we thank you for the times that you direct us to lie down in green pastures, what you've done in the last nine weeks. And we have laid down and we have continued to feed on the, on the provision that you've given to us. And Lord, we thank you for the quiet waters. Um, sometimes, Lord, it looks like there's a hurricane going on. But you provide quiet waters where we can drink and be refreshed in our souls. There are paths that we've directed us down. There are things that you have guided us to do. Thank you that your word is a light unto our path. 
and that we can walk down the path that you revealed to us. We thank you, Lord, um, that even though these, these days have been challenging and difficult, we really don't have anything to fear, for you are with us. That's more than just a, a passing anecdote. You really are with us. You walk with us and empower us and strengthen us. And Lord, you prepare a table for us, even in the presence of our difficulties. You anoint us. You prepare us to feast upon you. And Lord, we overflow with goodness and gratefulness in our hearts. This is a hard world, Lord, and we look forward to that day when we'll put our hand in yours and you pull us from this world and into the next, where we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, with these glorious truths, we lift up those among us who need prayer, people with chronic illnesses. They haven't gone away in this pandemic, and probably they might not unless you touch their bodies and heal them, for which we pray. But in the midst of chronic illnesses, may those among us, those from our church, know and experience the fellowship of the body of Christ. And may they be drawn to the fellowship of suffering that you have given to us as an example in the Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray for our missionaries. I think this morning of Haiti. I pray, God, that you would bless Pastor Enoch and those involved in his ministry. And then, Lord, we pray for our nation. First of all, Lord, we pray that you would mercifully end this pandemic. And then, Lord, for the unrest that began in Minneapolis and is now spread to other areas in our country. God, it's obvious that our country has some great division in it. We plead, Lord, for your mercy. May we be agents of peace. Lord, we we pray to you. You can make the heart of a king as water, as you demonstrated with the kings of the great empires in the past. Lord, Lord, direct our leaders, our president and his cabinet, our, our Congress, Senate, our governors, those in our house chambers. Lord, may you lead and direct so that our nation can come together and honor you. So Lord, we... We come together as your church, thanking you for the privilege of fellowship and being with one another. And Lord, I I personally thank you for the faithfulness of so many to give of their finances, to pay the bills and to take our ministry forward, to support the proclamation of the gospel among our teenagers, our children, and yes, around the world through our missions. Lord, their faithfulness and giving is inspirational. 
I pray, Lord, that you would continue to give us great joy and generosity as we support the ministry of the local church here. And then, God, we rejoice in the prospect that Pastor Tim will be coming soon to visit with, to begin his ministry among us. Pray for him and Vanessa and their dear daughters. Protect them, guide them in their transition. Help us, Lord, to welcome them well and then to partner together for the flourishing of the gospel here at Three Lakes and our surrounding communities. So, Lord, now we just continue in worship. We continue in praise. Pray that you would meet us as we sing the truth of the gospel, making melody in our heart to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We are not going to pass the plate today, but if you would like to leave your offering, there are plates on the table in the foyer where you can drop off your offering, and we will deposit it appropriately or you can continue to give online. Thank you so much for your faithfulness in the gospel of the Lord Jesus through our church. Let's continue to sing and praise the Lord in worship. So this next song that we're going to sing, it's a new to our church song. We did it once um, on the recorded version that you saw on Facebook and on our website. And this, to me, this is an anthem cry. This is a song that really speaks to where we're at right now in our culture um, and in our world. You know, this week I got a, a devotional in my email that I want to read a piece of it to you because it's from a separate artist saying the same thing. It says, I want you to let you know that I'm not intimidated or beaten down, that I won't go quietly. This is where worship comes in. When the enemy fires his arrows and we absorb them, responding with a song of unwavering trust, God's goodness, imagine what that feels like. Worship demoralizes the enemy. It's not a polite, frightened little religious ceremony. I don't know where you're at this week on the emotional scale. Maybe you're in a different headspace and you need time to lament and process and grieve, and that's completely okay. But maybe, like me, you're coming out of that. Maybe you're more angry than scared or sad, and that's a healthy outlet for that anger. We can use worship as warfare. In this song, there's a line that says, My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder. You're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. The king is alive. So I want you all to stand, and we're going to sing this song like we mean it this morning. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a Thank you. 
Lord, we thank you so much for everything that you've done for us, Lord. Um, We thank you that because of you, we don't have to be afraid of anything. Um, Just your name is, is greater than all of those things, Lord, that simply saying, speaking your name can cause the darkness to flee. Satan can't stand to hear your name. He can't stay when he hears your name. And Lord, we just thank you for that power um, and just for for using that. We worship you, Lord.
Lord, we recognize that you alone are worthy of our praise. And we just thank you for for your blessings, Lord, and for everything that you've done for us, Lord. I pray that you would bless Pastor Scott as he comes to speak your word. Um, I pray that we would all be receptive to hearing what you have to say to us, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, before I begin this morning, I have two short announcements. One, last week when we did our vote on our pastoral candidate, we also included a vote for two folks to become members of our church, Chuck and Josie Bodie. And Chuck and Josie are here today. I'd like you guys to stand and uh, we give you a warm welcome. And uh, please join with us and participate in our annual meeting today. And if you have an opportunity, please give them the right elbow of fellowship this morning as we're together. Also, I do want to remind those of you who are watching us on our live stream, uh, you may not feel comfortable coming to a worship service where there's singing and, and uh, activities going on in our building, but maybe you might feel comfortable coming for our annual meeting and maybe standing in the foyer or in the, four, the side rooms or something to help us reach our quorum. Uh, we plan on starting our annual meeting between quarter after 10 and 10.20, 10.30 or so. And so if you feel comfortable doing that, you're welcome to come. And uh, we'd like to enjoy uh, our annual meeting with our full quorum of present with us today. If you have your Bibles, open them with me to Colossians chapter 3. And uh, I'd like to talk with you today on the subject, Christian fellowship. And I know Cammie has already prayed one more time. If I could just pray for myself and ask God to help me, I'd appreciate it if you'd do that along with me. Father, now we ask for the Holy Spirit to empower me and to strengthen me, uh, to be full of you. Anything that is not from you, please protect us from it. But your truth, Lord, we welcome it into our hearts. Use it for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what is fellowship? Fellowship may have connotations from many different contexts. It could be simply getting together and um, spending some time together laughing and joking and having a cookout, playing some games, commiserating about um, that there's no uh, professional sports going on right now or uh, talking about life, talking about your children. Um, we could have all kinds of reasons to get together. Uh, my son came up to spend a day with me this week and, and we fellowshiped out on the boat catching some fish yesterday. It was it was just a great time of being together in fellowship. But there's another kind of fellowship that I would like to focus on this morning. And that is a fellowship that we enjoy in Jesus Christ. And I've got kind of a little definition for us to think about for fellowship that I'd like us to consider this morning. And it's an intentional sharing 
with one another for the purpose of mutual strengthening in our walk with God. It's an intentional sharing. Where we come together, we talk about our wins spiritually. Where we share some of our needs and our concerns spiritually. Where we carry one another's burdens spiritually in our lives. And the implication is that it's a sharing that is you share with me and then I'll share with you. Uh, Paul says this very clearly in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 where he talks about the comfort that we receive from the Lord in our difficulties. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all comfort, and the God of compassion who comforts us in our troubles, not so that we can keep it for us, but he says, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. That's fellowship. When we care about one another, and we reciprocally invest our lives in one another spiritually. There are lots of one another passages in the New Testament. Um, we can count 59 New Testament one another passages. These are the passages that say love one another, care for one another, carry one another's burdens, forgive one another, one another. And Paul and the New Testament writers write these one another passages to remind us of the importance of being others-centered. And that's what real fellowship is, being others-centered. Because if we are only concerned about ourselves, if we are only self-centered, there will be no one another's. Now, I'm sure you can follow clearly the logic that I'm going to suggest to you today. But let's say that we are self-centered in our lives. All we want is our needs addressed, our concerns discussed. And then we come together as God's people, and everyone who is together is only self-focused. And when we get together and everyone is self-focused, focused, everyone is concerned about me, there will be no fellowship, no one will feel like anybody cares about them. And so, because when everyone is only thinking about themselves, it's possible for us to be alone in a crowd. But let's say that we come together and we are focused on others. Let's say that we have a one another mindset and we come together as a body. Now, we still have our needs. We still have our concerns. We still want our ideas considered. But when we come together, we're focused on other people. You know what's going to happen? Eventually, someone is going to care about us. So if we come together and all we're concerned about is us, we may be alone in a crowd. But if when we come together, we're concerned about others, eventually our concerns will be addressed and we will not be alone in a crowd. That's why we are reminded so often in the New Testament 
Focus on other people. Be concerned about others. And as we are concerned about others, eventually it's going to come around until someone is concerned about us. And that's the great joy of the gospel. Let's read Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 12, and see if we see this line of reasoning in what the Apostle Paul teaches for us in Colossians chapter 3. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. There's one another. And forgive one another. Another one. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. There's the idea of being together corporately. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another. There's another one another. With all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs in the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in the word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So perhaps I could summarize this passage with this one general thought. Christian fellowship is a Christ-empowered one-another experience. A Christ-empowered one-another experience. There is no alone when it comes to New Testament fellowship. It's always about one another. And when everyone is a believer, when Christ is in us and we acknowledge that we are in Christ, Christ empowers our fellowship so that he is glorified, so that he empowers us to be focused on other people. And there is a Christ empowerment to our one another experiences. I would suggest to you that that's fellowship. And this idea began in verse 11, where Paul says, Here there is no Gentile or Jew, etc., etc. Notice he says, Here. Where? Well, here. Well, where's here? In the church. When we gather together, we are not self focused. When we gather together, we are others focused. And this is so important to Paul that even though he stated it in verse 11, he talks about it with four general principles in verses 12 to 14. So let's, 12 to um, 17. So let's talk about these four principles of how to experience Christ-empowered one another experience. First, verses 12 to 14 we love one another looking to our common family. Notice how verse 12 says we are God's chosen people. Now, as you think of God's chosen people, the first thing you think of is the Jewish people, right? Because in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, they were God's chosen people. 
But now we're under the new covenant. And now there's a new chosen people. Jewish people, certainly. But all those Jewish people who place their faith in Jesus Christ, as well as other non-Jews who place their faith in Jesus Christ, we in the church with our common unity in Christ, now we are the chosen people of God. And we look to that chosen people status before God, and we notice that, wow, that's the sense in which we love one another. He says that we are holy. We are set apart. We are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And then we are dearly loved by God. So that makes us God's children. And God is our Father. So that makes us all his children and makes God our Father. We are all in the same family. Now think about this. John tells us in 1 John chapter 5, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children as well. You know, it would be a great insult to God to say to him, You know, God, I love you, but I just can't stand your children. (laughs) Wow. No, God says we love one another. We're in the same family. We're in the same family of God. So what do we do? Well, we love. Verses 12 and 13 says, We clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, We bear with one another. We forgive each other. But verse 14 says, But love binds all those things together. Love is what makes compassion compassionate. Love is what makes kindness kind. And as we think about the common fellowship we enjoy in God's church together, we love one another looking to our common Family, and that, in my suggestion, is Christ-empowered one another experience. Second, verse 15, we nurture peace with one another, looking to our common calling. Verse, 20, verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. The peace of Christ rules. Now that's a very interesting thought. That word rules is the word that talks about umpire. The peace of Christ is our umpire. Now if you know what it's like to be an umpire, whether you're playing football or whether you're playing baseball, one of the major assignments of an umpire is to keep the peace on the field. He gets in between guys that are kind of revved up about a play and he keeps the peace between the coaches and he keeps the peace on the field and he makes sure that that there is peace. Why? Because if there wasn't peace on the field, there could be no game. And Paul says, here in the church, we nurture peace with one another. Why? Because we have a common calling. We have a common calling. Calling. 
as since as members of one body we are called to peace, the context is the fact that we are called as members of one body. God did not choose us just to be his people. Rather, he chose us to live a certain kind of life, and that is a life together. He encouraged us to live in fellowship with one another, a life together pursuing peace so that we might have peace as a controlling influence so that here there is no difference. We are all one in Christ. And then he says, be thankful. One Bible teacher says this, Believers who are full of gratitude for God's gracious calling will find it easier to extend to fellow believers the grace and love and forgiveness and to put aside petty issues that might inhibit the expression of peace in the community. Let the peace of Christ rule. So we nurture this peace with one another looking to our common calling. I suggest to you that that's what it means to have Christ empowered one another experience. Third, verse 16. We learn from one another looking to a common truth. Book of Bible says, verse 16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. We learn from one another, looking to a common truth. And that common truth is the message of Christ. The message of Christ. Now, this probably does not refer to the things that Christ taught. Although, that's good stuff to focus on. What did Jesus say? How did Jesus say to do this? But do you know it's possible for people to do what Jesus said and be a Muslim. It's possible to do what Jesus said and be an Orthodox Jewish person or a Hindu or a Buddhist. Just doing what Jesus said does not set us apart at all as Christians. What sets us apart as Christians? What sets us apart as Christians is to practice what Jesus said empowered by the cross. You see, the cross empowers us to love. The cross empowers us to forgive. We forgive, that's what what Paul says, does he in this verse? Why? Just as Christ also forgave you. So what is the message of Christ? The message of Christ is Jesus. The message is Jesus. Not just what he said, but the message is Jesus himself. He sets us apart from all other worldviews. And when we focus on Jesus, and when we, we look to Jesus as our authority, capital A, then we have one another experience that is empowered by him. So what's the message of Christ? The message of Christ is Christ. And then Paul goes on to say something very important. He says, let that 
dwell richly in you. Let him dwell richly in you. Now, we throw around this idea of a personal relationship with Jesus. And I've talked about that as we've worked through Colossians 1 through the first part of chapter 3. But let's not, let's not make that relationship with Jesus anecdotal. There really is a relationship with Jesus. Imagine someone praying with another person. And they're praying and they're pouring themselves out to God and, and the other person looks at that person and says, you know, you're praying like God is actually listening. Well, he is, if you have a relationship with him. Have you ever talked with somebody and you know they're not listening? Uh, wives, maybe uh, you've experienced that in your marriages. You just, you talk and talk and talk, and the husband's going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know they're not listening. I, I, unfortunately, I do that with my wife. That never happens with God. God always listens to us. And so we take, we take the message of Christ and we pray the message of Christ to God that message of Christ lives within us and God nurtures that relationship with him. And so then what do we do? As that message of God actually listening dwells within us, how does that affect our fellowship? Well, the way it affects our fellowship is that Paul says, teach and admonish one another with the message of Christ. Teach and admonish one another, saying, now wait a minute, God was really listening to you. God really cares about you. God is really there to empower you. He actually hears your prayers. And Paul says, Christ-empowered one another type fellowship encourages one another as we remind one another in fellowship that, yes, God is walking with you. Yes, God is listening to you. Yes, God is with you. And we admonish one another. And we teach one another. And we encourage one another with our own testimonies that says, you know, I, just, I had just a sweet time in prayer today. And I just experienced the presence of God afresh that was this one. I, let me tell you about that. Or we come out of an experience of observing communion. And, and we come out of that experience and we just go, wow. I really focused on the meaning of the bread and the wine. And, and I asked God to just show me in a fresh way how much he loves me because he gave the sacrifice of Jesus. Wow. And then we teach one another. And we encourage one another. And we build one another up. Because we learn from each other as we come together and we share together in our Christian lives. Now keep that in mind. And then we come to verse 16, which sometimes we think might be a little odd. <laughs> Where Paul says, with Singing and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart. What is he saying here? 
I don't think what Paul is saying is that when we come to church, we're a musical. You know how in, in musicals, Rogers and Hammerstein musicals, people never talk to each other. They sing. You know, they sing, oh, what a beautiful morning. You know, and they sing together and then they look at each other and then they burst into song to each other and, and there's a chorus in their background that responds and sing and they have this wonderful singing. I don't think that's what Paul is saying here. What I think Paul is saying is singing together is a wonderful experience in the way that we can admonish one another just as Jen admonishes us today. When she said, listen to the words of this song. Listen to the message of what we're singing here. And she taught us. She admonished us. And she reminded us that as we are singing the truth of God, oh, that's a wonderful experience of empowering fellowship, isn't it? And see, that's why we're concerned about the message of the songs that we sing. Because the Apostle Paul makes a pretty big deal about it. And then look at this. How do we sing? We sing not only together, but we sing to God. See how it says that in the text? We make a melody in our heart to God. A lot of our songs that we sing are actually prayers. Oh, they minister to our hearts, don't they? And it's so fun for us, for some of us who can't carry a tune in a bushel basket, <laughs> to come together and to piggyback on those who can. And we're drawn up together in song as the congregation sings. And we're drawn with the message of Christ in our worship and our singing together. What a wonderful experience for us to learn one another, making melody in our hearts, lifting up the truth. We learn from one another looking to a common truth. That's Christ-empowered one another experience. Finally, verse 17. Not only do we love one another looking to a common family, not only do we nurture peace with one another looking to a common calling, not only do we teach one another looking to a common truth, but fourth, we serve one another looking to a common authority. Verse 17, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now this verse doesn't specifically say one another, but I would suggest to you that he says, whatever you do means when you're together, whatever you do together, do this. Whatever we do, when we love one another, when we nurture peace with one another, when we learn from one another, look to the common authority, which is the name of Jesus. What's it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? Is that just a little tag that we put on so everyone knows we're done praying? In Jesus' name, amen. That, again, is anecdotal. I think God wants our prayers to be deeper than that. God wants our prayers to be, and you know, Lord, all these things I've been praying, I'm conscious of the fact that you are sovereign. I'm conscious of the fact that you are good. I'm conscious of the fact that you are just. 
And I pray these names to a good, loving, uh, sovereign, just God in the name of Jesus, through Jesus, through whom we boldly go to the throne of grace and adding our prayers and our petitions and our worship to him. See, I would suggest that this phrase refers to the authority, the power that we who bear the name Christian speak under his authority according to his power whose name every knee will bow, every tongue will confess in Jesus' name. You see, Christian fellowship is a Christ-empowered one another experience. And this type of fellowship does not just happen. Let me review the action steps in this passage. Verse 12. Clothe yourselves in love. It takes an intentional effort. Put on love. Love one another. Look into your common family. Let the peace of Christ rule. Let the peace of Christ be your umpire. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. And finally, in everything you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. You see, Christian fellowship requires a mutual effort. But these are not commands given in isolation. Remember, we are first chosen... We are first made holy. We are first dearly loved. You see, God always gives us a grace to receive before he gives us a command to obey. In this passage as well. The grace to receive is his love. We're made holy. We are his chosen people. We receive that grace. Then, based on that power that is within then we clothe and let the peace and let the word and do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. God always helps us nurture Christian fellowship by his power that is at work within us. But we have to be realistic about Christian fellowship. Um, There's a story about a man who never got married because he was waiting for the perfect woman. He never found the perfect woman. Well, actually, he did. He found one perfect woman, but he never married her. And the reason is that she was looking for the perfect man. <laughs> Same thing's true with church, isn't it? No such thing, perfect church. But what do we do in the church? We come together. And we want Christ to empower us. As he empowers us, as we take the initiatives of thinking about fulfilling the one another commands empowered by Jesus who lives within us, that, my suggestion, is Christ-empowered one another commands. Christian fellowship is one hungry beggar helping another hungry beggar sit down for a meal and feast on Jesus. That's what we do on Sunday morning. And when that happens, it's Christ-empowered, one another experience. May we grow in Christian fellowship 
week by week, month by month, year by year, giving honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we pray together. Father in heaven, we desire these thoughts and principles to be so much more than just a laundry list. We desire for them to be our experience. We desire Christ to dwell in us. We desire that relationship with him whereby we really feel and walk with him when we know that he hears us. Lord, we can't do that if all we think about is myself, us, me, myself. And so, Lord, we know that when we think about others, there will be no loneliness in a crowd because eventually someone will care about us. And it's quite a privilege and joy to care about someone else. Really, not too many things make us feel better than to know that we've had an impact on someone else's life. And then someone's going to want that experience to have that same impact on us. Help us, Lord, to look to you and to experience your power within, to live Christ-empowered, one-another experience in Christian fellowship. And we know, Lord, that we pray these things according to your power, according to your goodness, according to your love, according to your justice, in the name of of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, we pray. Amen. Pastor Ian has a couple of announcements and then he'll close our service in prayer. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today at Three Lakes Eve Free Church. If you're here with us um, it's just great having you all here. It's great being together as a church. If you're joining us online, it's awesome that you're here as well. Leave a comment. Um, we'd love to, to hear from you guys online. Um, we do have our meeting directly after the service. We're going to have one song that the worship team is going to lead. And then after that, we're going to have our meeting. Um, there will be some printed materials out in the foyer if you want them. There's going to be some budget stuff and that kind of thing. Um, but they'll, they'll be out there in a, a little bit. Um, if you would stand with me, I'm going to close uh, with a benediction. So this is out of Second uh, Peter. Therefore, dear, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. You're dismissed. The worship team is going to do a song, and then uh, and then we'll be back in here for uh, our meeting. Oh, one more thing. After the meeting, the security and safety team has asked that everyone would please, if you have, if you want to talk to someone, please have your conversations outside rather than in the building. Thank you.